would consider having a more professional intro. Okay. Like I feel like when I watch movies, they're always like, everybody, if you're not subscribed, make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you click on the like Get button. Over make there. sure, make sure you click on the notification bell. Like all of that stuff. But um, yeah. So anyway, welcome everybody. It is Monday night, Generational Change. I'm Jen. I'm Peter, and we just did phone banking for an hour and a half. We did. But I, I say did for phone? me, I actually phone bank for more like closer to two, two hours. hours. But oh, who did I phone bank? Who did we phone bank? We were phone banking for a friend, Melanie Dorigo, up in New York's third. Yeah. Congressional um, District. Congressional District. And uh, yeah, she's awesome. And and she honestly, is. the fact that I was willing to even phone bank for her says speaks volumes for anyone who knows me because I really cannot stand phone banking. Well, phone banking is an essential part of obviously what goes into a successful campaign. Um, but I think you were more frustrated just because you don't particularly like the attitude of a number of people that end up getting on the call. Okay, no, my my particular problem with phone banking is that as somebody who is on the receiving end of getting those calls often, mm -hmm. I can't stand it. So I hate doing it to people because I know I can't stand it. I mean, I know it's necessary, which is why I did it. But and also the particular people we were calling in this district are so over inundated by today that they are. Just, one lady said it was like her 15th call today. Well, and so and so I just I, I, I just think that I, I feel a little bad for them. We're going to try this. You have to not. Yeah, I'll fix it for you another time. Well, look, you know, I just wanted to come on here tonight and remind everybody that here in Florida, you have a lot of wonderful candidates that are running. But of course, tomorrow I did endorse Maxwell Frost running for Congressional District Number 10. Yes, That's Maxwell Frost up in 10. It's a small world after all, and that's where you go when you go to Disney World. It's a really great place. And we're certainly hopeful that he will become the next representative in Florida. We do. Something I thought of, though, is he is he must be being 25. And like, I thought of it the other he day, because I know he's, he's really young. He's 25. That is a very young age. Yeah. running for Congress, but... I've been running since I was No, I know that. I thought he was actually younger, though. And I remember the other day thinking he was 23. And I'm like, wait a minute. He has to at least be 25, but he's really young. But I like that. Well, I well, think we need more young people. No offense. Well, look, you know, for, for <laughs> 80, I think I'm still kind of spring chicken. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. that, you know, I, I think I've done a pretty good job. So we'll see what happens tomorrow. Obviously, tomorrow is a very big election day. My home state of New York is going to be voting as the state of Florida. So remember, a lot of important elections happening. If you have not voted yet, you must get out to the polls. It is essential that you vote. Well, voter turnout is very, very good. We have a lot of good things to talk about today, but I will tell you, election season has been overly gratuitous, people. I love when I get things from Jewish people I've never heard of specifically telling me they stand with someone that I wouldn't necessarily ever know was for Jews or not for Jews. And yet we get these gratuitous emails of people using little tokens. Look, look, you know, as, as a Jewish guy myself, I get a little flummoxed every once in a while when everyone is asking me what I think about this, what I think about that. The most important thing to remember is this. If you haven't made a plan to vote tomorrow, you better make that plan because it is very, very important that you get to those polls. We must recognize that voting is not only essential, it should be a duty. 
for each and every citizen. So Bernie, we have a local school board race going on here, an at-large school board race in Broward, yeah. where where the person who was just endorsed by the Broward Teachers Union is under uh, FBI investigation and is likely going to end up having to drop out, but she's waiting apparently so that DeSantis can appoint someone else because she doesn't have the class to step aside. And the teachers union endorses her. What are your thoughts? Oh, well, you know, unfortunately, we have a lot of people who run for office and they get supported by these big organizations that are not at the behest of the rank and file. They're at the behest of the shareholders or the leaders at the top. You know how that goes. Unfortunately, I remember very well when I ran for president in 2016, as I'm sure you remember, Jeff. I, I do guess, remember. I ran against Hillary Clinton. You know, I, I, I knew her for 25 years. Unfortunately, that didn't mean much when we ran against each other for president. But ultimately, the teachers union, led by Randy Weingarten, decided to endorse Hillary without going to the rank and file and figuring out what they want. So unfortunately, I am sure that this is another similar circumstance where ultimately the votes are being decided not by the teachers themselves, nope. but by the heads of the and it's very unfortunate because it clearly is not in the best interest of their rank and file. And we know that. And, you know, we always talk about I, you have <laughs> we always talk about the importance of the local nonpartisan races. I think that that is the key, especially for people that are on the left. I, um, I mean, remind, obviously, it works I, I in both that, directions. Look, look, I want to remind everyone that when I won my first election as mayor of Burlington way back in 1981, the same year. That Ronald Reagan was elected president of the United States. He won the state of Vermont. I but know. of course, I was able to win. Do you know how many votes I won by, Jen? How many votes? I won by 10 votes. That's it. 10. Yeah. 10 votes. That's it. <laughs> so every vote counts. Make sure you get out there. Yeah. Make sure you're, if you're in Orlando, you support Maxwell Force yes. Congress. You definitely want to support Maxwell Force. But guys, the down ballot races really, really matter. The people that are running for school board, the people that are running for state attorney, it really matters. Don't get me started on judges. I don't think people should be able to vote for them personally. Well, I think but, it's going to be important because, you know, I have to go, but of course, you're going to be speaking to some wonderful school board candidates. Yes, we are. Most important candidates that are running, especially here in Florida. So, listen, I'm not ready to retire yet. That's why I haven't come down before. I still like the cold weather up in Vermont. I'm going to tough it out for a little while. We don't need you to come down. You can give us an endorsement via Zoom. Well, I'll have to think about that. We'll okay. see what happens. Okay. Bye, guys. Bye, Bernie. <clears throat> so, seriously, guys, we are going to be talking with um, two of our preferred, shall I say, school board I candidates. Think that a, I think that that is a... We're going to bring Rod in first because we haven't had the pleasure of talking with him yet. And sadly, we do not get to vote for Rod because he is running for a specific school board district that is not our district. But if you guys want to see a really cool logo and branding design, yes. I personally believe that Mr. Velez did a phenomenal job. Yeah, it's really good. If you really, if you're talking about a school board logo design, it's really good. Really, really sharp. So he is running for. School board seat number one here in Broward County. And who doesn't want to be number one? So number without, one! No, well, he is number one in our hearts and minds. So without further ado, we are very pleased to welcome to the podcast, if he is ready to go. He's ready. He's at the polls. He's hanging out. He's like at the polls, like getting ready to close it down. This is somebody who's been busting ass on this campaign, for sure. Absolutely. Rod, yeah. Rod Velez, welcome to Generational Change. One second, guys. All right, no, it's all good. All right, all right. We'll, 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 yeah, we'll bring you back in a second. We'll bring him back. He's actually. This is somebody who's actually at the polls. Like I could yeah. tell, he's he's at the well, polls. He's polls. in Hollywood. His 
um, location for anybody in Broward District One is Hollywood. I don't know how big the districts are. Like, I don't know how big. Of I mean, considering how big Broward County is, it is uh, a sizable district to cover. But so. these these are the important races, people. These are really the important races. We are now looking at. I have moved back to Florida in 2003. When I first moved back down here, our current school board at the time was under such criminal investigation that the state of Florida, this was under Rick Scott, had to disband the Broward County School Board and basically start from scratch. Then they brought in then they brought in Robert Rumsey. And this was supposed to like usher in a new year, uh, a new era of usher in a new year era of transparency. You're messing me up. But needless to say, we are basically back to where we started as we now yet again have people from the school board, our last school board, one person who is still even currently running for at large that are under investigation and were just, there was a vote to indict them. Like the indictment came down on these people. And instead of stepping aside, the the Broward Teachers Union actually endorsed her, somebody under FBI investigation. So that's your Broward Teachers Union folks. So needless to say, we need all the help on the school board that we can get because unfortunately, the union doesn't always best represent the rank and file teachers. So it is very important who's on our school board. Uh, Rod, you ready? I think so. He's got sunshine. Yeah, he's good. All right, he's let's good. rock and roll. Rod Velez, welcome to Generational Change. How you doing, guys? Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, Absolutely. we can hear you. Like, hold your phone down so people can see your shirt, that you, what your logo looks like. That's pretty awesome. It's really cool, guys. It's got, like, this pencil. It's just well, really cool. This is actually, um, this is actually for uh, going around, running around right now, but you can kind of see, like, right here is my bus. Yeah. Yeah, we love it. Yeah, the yellow is sharp and it's smart and it's very good branding for sure. Schooly. Well, it is schooly. He's well. Yeah, we want the school (laughs) board guy to have the schooly brand. Rod, considering that education has become front and center in many ways for a lot of people, especially in Florida, what motivated you to run for school board? What was like the if there was that like aha moment that yeah, I've really got to do this. So, for me. Um, COVID actually opened up my eyes, um, to deal with what was going on in the school system. Um, my wife actually dealt with the kids on a day-to-day basis. I was involved in their school, but just not, um, as she was, I went out and I worked my 60 hour work week. So that way my family can do what they needed to do. Um, and I was the provider, uh, during COVID, I realized that um, our schools are falling apart. I was looking into the bond program, um, looking into some of the issues since I had extra time with everything shut down, I started getting more involved. Um, and I noticed that things were not going that the way that I thought they were going, um, started looking into things a lot more. And then knowing what I know in my district with the lack of communication from Ann Murray, that just, was uh, indicted as well with the other four school board members um, and her daughter seems to be running on the nepotism um, for her seat. But um, it was a lack of communication that we've had, you know, in the community for many years now. And I just uh, felt it was time for me to do something. I'm actually active in the Boy Scouts with both of my boys. I'm a leader. 
um, for both of them. So I just felt compelled. I'm at the point in my life where financially I've worked hard to be where I'm at. Um, I'm able to, to do the things that I can do to get back to the community. And we try to teach our boys that, um, just, just to be good human beings and just to get back if you can. Um, I think, you know what, it's, it, that's the kind of people that we need in positions like that is a variety of people, people that come from different backgrounds, but have a vested interest in both their own kids' education. But, you know, it never ceases to amaze me that people don't realize the importance of just having educated people in general. It's like, oh, if my kids don't go to public school. It's not my problem. And I'm thinking, you know, it, it is everybody's problem because our kids are not getting what they need. They're just not. Right. So, right. so let's talk for a second about this, uh, the initiative that's on the ballot. This, what's it? Number two? Is it one. two? Uh, one. One. It's number one. I think so. There's only one ballot. Is that it? It's the one thing. It's the one. Yeah. So the, so the referendum, are you talking about the referendum? Yeah, the referendum. So, so the it's an extension. It, and I have some serious concerns and I don't know what the right answer is, but I know that I question the transparency. I question the allocation of resources. Right. Um, no, it's okay. Uh, can you still hear me? Yeah, no, I hear you. I'm just finishing this. Somebody's, I'm trying to multitask. No, it's all good. So I'm somewhat conflicted on the referendum. And I was just curious what your thoughts are. Like, I don't, I'm concerned that it'll be basically money for more law enforcement in schools and not enough for other counseling. And quite honestly, for teachers, you know, they're out there. I see them at the polls saying vote yes on this. And the two people I spoke to from BTU the other day, they weren't psyched on it. They're like, this, this is the best we can get. And it's just a bonus, but it's not increasing our pay. It's not increasing our pension. It's not. So how do we know where this money is going? So I know they just finished the audit for the last one. Um, you know, they said that everything checked out. I mean, you could check it out online. Um, this is, to me, this is this is something, it's a catch-22. As a taxpayer, you know, I, I own a few properties. So that means that I'm going to get hit um, with my taxes going higher. But if I don't, then that means that these teachers um, are going to lose funding. We're going to lose over 900 personnel. Um, this is strictly for teachers and personnel. Um, we have, we have to figure out a way to get that $4 million, $4 billion a year budget to factor in for teacher pay for permanent solutions, not just bonuses or just something supplemental. Um, and the raises they've been getting are peanuts. You know, we're, they're making $12,000 less than the neighbors on, you know, to the North and South of us. You know, we just have to do a better job. It's, it's, it's horrible. We're the sixth largest district in the nation. Um, we have to do better than that. And like you said, you know, the accountability and the transparency, it just hasn't been there for a long time. You know, hence the, the five people that got indicted the other day on the grand jury. So, you know, if you look on my site, I had a little funny thing that I did on the school board. It says Rod Stradamus. And um, I, I had, it was back in 2021. And I just said the landscape of the school board in 2022 is going to be completely different. Check it out. It's pretty funny. Um, but it was, it was just the foresight that I had. Um, my determination to make change is coming to fruition. And hopefully after tomorrow, I'll get that 50% plus one and then some. And then I can start doing what I need to do instead of going to a runoff in November. Um, that's my goal. It's, like I said, it's a catch-22 on that referendum. You know, if you don't do it because people are pissed off, 
you know, for the, the wasteful spending, the fiscal mismanagement that's been going on. Um, you know, the teachers are getting screwed at the end if we don't pass it. it. And again, this is something that in four years will expire. You know, they'll either be coming back to you for something different um, or, you know, hopefully I can be a part of the solution that we come up with um, for down the road to make things change um, for the positive. Yeah, I think my concern is I think as it is right now, um, the schools spend way more money on um, basically cops in schools than they right. do on mental health counselors um, and other resources. And this has been increasingly like the 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 separation between those numbers has been getting wider and wider. I feel like every right. time there's a horrible school tragedy, we throw more money at at police officers. And right. I would think after the last shooting, we would recognize um, they were down the hall and standing there doing absolutely nothing. So right. why would we spend money, more money, um, when we now have kind of proven that the good guy with a gun theory isn't working so well? I think that comes down to training as well, though. Honestly, look what happened in Uvalde. I mean, you had, all, you know, they just finished training and, right. you know, it, it's it's horrible. You know, it's the lack of leadership that they have. It looks like no one wanted to stand up and take charge in that situation. You know, most of the time you have too many leaders and not enough Indians. And now, you know, in those situations, it's like no one just stood up to make a change or, you know, just took the lead. You know, for me, I'm, I'm the kind of guy that runs into the fire and not away from it. But that's me. You know, um, when you have that split second to think, you know, they talk the talk. But when when it's time to, to do the, the work, you know, they kind of go the other way. Right. This is why I'm hesitant to support more money for more law enforcement in schools, because well, it's not I just law enforcement, though, Jen. It's it's got to do more with um, mental. Just look up. Um, I want to believe them. I do. I, I look know, at I it. But there's no there's no measure of accountability with it. There, to me, what it looks like. And I've been doing this a while is that it looks like a slush fund for law enforcement. It looks like a slush fund for BSO. That's what it looks like to me. And I and I don't want and, and oh, we'll throw in a bonus for you teachers for, for standing at the polls, telling everyone to vote. Yes. I don't know. That's give, I, it, give it a shot. I would say tell everybody, just give it a shot. The, the school board is going to be different. You know, trust me when I tell you that I'm not yeah. a politician. This is not some politician giving you some spew. I, I'm just a parent that's concerned that has a loud voice and I, I actually get things done. Um, I'm not a person. I mean, you, I don't know what you've seen me out there, but I, yeah. I mean, I, I, you can see me, I'm a little dark right now, but I'm <laughs> normally dark, but I'm super dark because I've been out there for nine days in a row from 10 to seven working the polls. I'm the only yeah. person that's been out to, to the poll stations or having people out. You know, I saw my opponent drop off a few signs last Saturday um, and that was it, you know, and they had somebody at the polls on Saturday this week and they sat down talking for about two hours, which is great for me because I was able to capitalize on, you know, the people that were coming by. So I just, I probably got about another 50 votes in that three hours. Just I don't even know the name votes. of the person and we don't even need to say it, but to be honest with you, I don't know who you're running against. So and I don't even and, care. And let's be honest, you do have a distinct advantage. You do have a really awesome marketing tool. You do. If you ever get tired, you can just hop on the bus, take a little nap, take that power nap, get right back out there again. Not everybody has that luxury. So I think the bus, I, I thought the branding was phenomenal to begin with. 
I think the bus is just the, that's the cherry on the sun. Yeah, and that's really smart. Is. It's smart marketing. Absolutely. And Rod, you are, we wanted to get a chance to speak with you first. Well, don't, don't, don't ask my campaign manager that. <laughs> Fair Why? <enough>. Why? Because <laughs> it's a waste of money. Yard signs are bad. T-shirts are bad. It's just a waste of money. So. No. You never, if, if, Trump no. has, if Trump has taught us anything positive, is that you can never underestimate how valuable good marketing is. It right. really makes a big deal. I try to think outside the box. You know, that's Absolutely. what I do generally. People appreciate that, and it's noticeable, and I think it will pay off. I do. Yeah, I agree. And so I know you know this other gentleman. He, I, We wanted to bring you on first to at least get, you know, have a one-on-one conversation, but want to have a, uh, you know, little mini panel he right now since this. the election is tomorrow. You know him. He is running for school board as well as an at-large seat. He is the candidate that we support. This is our at-large candidate choice. Raymond Adderley, welcome back to Generational Change. Hey, how are you guys doing? Great to be on. And, and Rod, and that guy is going to be a phenomenal school board member, and he's a great friend. Um, and I am so happy that we're both at, in our separate fights to make our schools better. And Jen and Peter, it's always good to be on with you. And I, I saw you guys a, 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 a bunch this weekend, and it was fantastic to see you in person as well. Haven't seen Rod as much. I haven't been down in the Hollywood side yet uh, for polling, but I have been out at the polls, have been making those phone calls and texts, um, and really just trying to get out the vote. Uh, my election is so consequential now because of the fact that my opponent uh, is one of those school board members recommended for removal. And so it's imperative that the community knows the potential danger of her reelection, which is she is plucked off the school board and Ron DeSantis gets to appoint someone else. And so I want everybody to know that a vote for Donna is a vote for DeSantis and a vote for Raymond is a vote that is one for competent leadership, one that is going to do their jobs in a caring and meticulous fashion and someone who's actually going to bring a relevant perspective to Broward County. You mean we should have the perspective of young people in our school board? It's it's, it's, And it's not just that, Jen. It's not just young people on the board, not just the young voice. It's actually having a vested interest uh, on the on the board because students, teachers, parents, people who I got to see every single day, by the way, for the last four years, none of my opponents have. People that I saw working every single day, bus drivers who have to be up at the crack of dawn to go pick up students, um, school, uh, I mean, school janitors that are at school until the until the, the end of day. Um, those things are so important. And those are the things that I have seen. That's the relevant perspective that needs to come on the board because it's us that are living with the hand me down decisions. Yeah, I, I appreciate it so much. And whenever and, you know, obviously, the, the one thing that people are going to keep holding against you is your age and that your lack of experience. And that's just the way it is. You're you're young. And and yet I have no problem telling people that, yeah, I'm going to go with the young kid over the person under FBI investigation. I'm going to I'm going to go with that. Yes, because the reality is, is that the experience that the people have that have been sitting there forever and a day, if it was really good, then we wouldn't be in the mess that we're in. So that kind of experience is not what we need or it would already be working for us. So I so prefer somebody 
um, who's young and has just been in the school system. I think that's just like I like that Rod's perspective is as a parent. I think it, all of those perspectives should be on the school board. Like, I think that's really important. I want to ask you. I want to ask you both a question regarding policy. If you are both fortunate, knock on wood, to win tomorrow, uh, you know, obviously the importance of shifting the direction regarding how you use energy at the schools, particularly really opening up the, you know, the sort of the floodgates, if you will, when it comes to clean energy sources. They should all be green. They should all be green. Sure. They should all be harvesting rainwater. They should all be having community gardens. All of these schools should be part of like municipal sustainability. Don't forget, don't forget that wonderful company, uh, nonprofit that's based in Hollywood called Renewable. Not sure if you guys are familiar with that one or not, but they do composting. Really awesome job, and they're partnering up with schools. Uh, but yeah. that's the kind of stuff we need in our schools. We need them to be green when they're being renovated, when they're being built, green. So very both of you guys. I agree. And and I, I've said uh, everywhere that I've been where I've been asked this question about how we can make our schools more eco-friendly. And really, uh, you know, the governor believes in indoctrination. I believe in teachings that are important to the narrative of where we are today in modern society. Um, you know, in order for us to make sure that our students who are going to be mostly impacted by climate change, that they are aware of how to self-govern themselves when they're out of schools. So I often say, as a student who knew what our schools look like today, we have recycling bins at our schools and paper straws, but how many people actually know what to do with the recycling bin? Um, I think it starts at the school level in investing in and putting more money into the student organizations on campus that are invested in uh, climate change and that are invested in living a green life. Second, I think there needs to be more literature out on the district's part to make sure that our community is in line with what it is that we are trying to do. Uh, and that is having eco-friendly community. And then three and four are simple. In most modern school districts across the nation, they've already moved to solar energy uh, and solar panels as their way of having energy in the schools. And number one, that reduces costs that we pay on electricity. So now we're going to find more money in the budget because we have sustainable action plans. And then number two, uh, they also uh, shows our students the proper way to live going forward. And then the last thing I'd say is that all the district vehicles that we have today, if we cut those out and put electric cars, we're also yeah. going to find another way to cut back on costs of what we pay on gasoline and, and mileage. Um, and so those are important ways, important steps and important policies uh, that we can begin to put in place just to get the ground going on this issue. Rod, your thoughts. Get in there, brother. Um, for me on that, you know, I, when I met Jen, probably maybe two years ago now, um, I first saw her at, in Liberia and it was a garden that the community was trying to put together. Um, but unfortunately, um, something happened and it didn't sustaining, um, due to, you know, certain reasons. But anyway, um, I learned permaculture at that time. Um, for me, I had no idea. And, you know, I was probably 50 back then, a couple of years ago. I'm, I wish I was Raymond's age again sometimes, but, uh, you know. You so, I wish I was younger. I wish I was 12 again. 
So, you know, I, I met, um, you know, Jen and Mona Lisa Weber out there and she taught me about permaculture and I was, I was pretty impressed, you know, you know, when she showed me how to use it and how to do it because, you know, you plant certain plants next to each other and you have its own little ecosystem, you know, with self mulching and all that. I mean, you can, we can be here probably for hours talking about this. Um, it's some of the schools have it. Um, but I, I think since Broward County, you know, we're the largest employer in Broward County with 30,000 employees and we have, you know, thousands of acres of land. I don't see why we can't just utilize some of these vacant lots and have it, um, have our own sustaining gardens set up and we can start feeding the kids in our own schools and save money. You know, it, it's, it's crazy that our government, um, you know, allows all of these things to be put into our foods, processed foods. Um, and it's crazier that healthy food costs more than um, the cheaper food. That's not good for you. You know, there's something wrong with that. You know, it should be cheaper um, to have the healthier food. And, you know, I know it's not as profitable for some people and that's where it comes into. Um, so, you know, horticulture, permaculture, all of those things, sustainability, you know, that's something that I teach my Boy Scouts. You know, we try to live off the land when we're camping. Um, you know, I, I'd love to have that AC when we're out there, but unfortunately we can't. So, you know, some of the things in life. Really not that great. I got to tell you, camping in Florida is a little roasty. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a little bad, but we just, we just got to do a better job of teaching these kids, you know, how to be self-sustainable and, you know, the plastics and the styrofoams. I know City of Hollywood has a ban um, now and they're working on the straws. You know, they're doing the lights for the turtles on the beach. You know, there's a lot. Of, but we have to teach these kids when they're young, because once they get into middle and high school, it's not impossible, but it's just so much harder. You know, that's why that's what yeah. I love about Raymond. You know, he's so young and he's a big sponge and, you know, he, he's still he's still smart, but he's able to he's not corrupted you know, which is a good thing. So yes. you know, like me, I, I, I'm 52, but I'm fresh in the system. I'm not corrupted. I don't have all of these, these things that of people that have been around for 20 years. So I come in with a fresh perspective and a clean slate, you know, so that's why I have people, you know. And, and you know what, Jen, I'd actually like to. Is, is Hallandale High, what district, is that in district? Hallandale High is a magnet. Yeah, it's a magnet school and that's falling apart. You know, but I is, it in your, is that yeah, in your district? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so that's where the community garden is now. Is it Hallandale High School? Right. right. Yeah. And, and Jen, I wanted to get on on this while we're talking about candidates that have been corrupted and that are in the same circles that contribute directly to the problems we have here in Broward County. Oh. Two of my opponents, one Donna, I don't have to say much on her because uh, there's a 150 page grand jury that speaks for me on that issue and speaks for the, the things that she has done that has put us and voters across this district in that predicament. But I want to spend a bit of time on, on Alan. Uh, you know, he jumped in the race. You know, I just checked his fundraising report again, or it was brought to my attention that once again, he put another $80,000 of his personal money into a school board race, trying to buy a seat and buy support. That is so inappropriate. That is the reason we have these issues in Broward. It's because we have people that have packs, people that have money, people that have big followings that are taking money for support and giving it back. 
That is completely disgusting and unacceptable. But you know what makes me different, Jen? Is number one, unlike another opponent of mine, Donna, who got a $1,000 check from the district's project manager, I am the only candidate that doesn't have donations like that. I'm the only candidate in my race that is not endorsed by big establishment figures. And more importantly, I'm the only candidate in my race that hasn't raised over $20,000 because I have a grassroots campaign that is winning the hearts of Broward County the fair way and the equitable way. And that's what Rod's doing too in his race. He has worked for everything he's got to this point, And so have I. At the beginning of my race, they told me to drop out. They told me I'd be a great lawyer at the NAACP. I said, no, I answered the call, right? A, l- a little racist, Peter, I know. Uh, but they, I, I said, no, I answered the call to serve my community. And so far, my community is showing up and turning out the vote for me. Okay, but you do know who is the best attorney at the NAACP, right? I don't. You do. Thurgood Marshall. Okay. I thought we were talking about I'm just saying that it is somewhat a compliment. I'm just saying. Well, trust me, the way it was being presented to him was was not a compliment and it was belittling. So that is what it is. And I must say that I think the two of you actually have maybe being biased here, but I don't think so. I think you two have the best marketing branding concepts that are out there. You mean I like real the, people and well, not corporate no, no, wars? The A plus for Adderley. And the, yes. Yeah, right there. And by the way, the That's fact that Florida start. does alphabetical order is definitely in Raymond's favor. Let's, let's yes. say that. Well, that's Thank not good. No, no, it doesn't. We take the wins where we get them. And maybe, but the reality is Rod's been sitting in the back because of his last name for his whole life, probably. So oh. it is what it is. <laughs> well, <laughs> he, he ain't sitting in the back of the bus, though. He's, no, he's driving, he's driving the, the bus. bus. I'm, driving, I'm driving the bus right now. I'm getting ready to drop signs <laughs> off and T-shirts and... Reading material and everything. So and that's, reason, that's another reason he's a great choice for the school board. He knows what it's like to drive a bus. Yeah, I would <laughs> say it's no that easy job. One of the more stressful jobs and underrated jobs because I look at what those bus drivers like, especially like middle school bus drivers. I you couldn't pay me enough money to do that job. And I am sure they are woefully underpaid. So it's just, um, yeah, that's that's something that could probably also be helped. So what is the game plan for tomorrow? Obviously, it's from seven to seven. There are going to be tons of polling stations. Raymond, obviously, you have to cover the county. And in the case yeah, that's of that's true, you're that's gonna, definitely yeah. way harder. So yeah, you're going to have, but, you, can but tell us where well, you, want us. you know, that's going to be a lot to cover. So, you know, listen, we're out there to help both of you guys tomorrow. So, you know, just let us know, I guess, what are the, what are the pressing areas where, you know, additional bodies, if you will, are going to be necessary. I mean, we're very close uh, to plantation uh, or West regional library, uh, but there are obviously a number of places that are of, of uh, considerable importance. I would yeah. And, and what I will say is I am thankful to be endorsed by organizations that actually do work for the candidates who they endorse uh, and not just people that, you know, tell you to tack on their sticker uh, in the case, you know, of, of many of my opponents. But regardless of that, 
Uh, I am very happy that the BYDs, who are a great organization, has endorsed me, um, and they will have some folks out at the polls for me tomorrow at several locations. So I'm in constant communication with my team throughout the night. They'll keep me advised on where we have volunteers already. I mean, where BYD will be so we can maximize our efforts on this grassroots campaign. Um, and in the morning, when I find out we're, we're a bit short, I will direct those places to Jen and Peter. Thank you. Thank you. Rod, we will probably see you around tomorrow since you are busting ass every single day. So I'm going to be, I'm going to be tomorrow at Hallandale Civic Center. There's okay. over 18,000 voters there. It's the biggest for me. So I'm going to be there with my bus. Um, actually, you'll probably see a bunch of my cool signs there, like you said. I uh, know it's they're really smart. They're just smart. Scan, I like scan the code. Check out my site. You know, you can scan the QR code there and it'll take you to my website. Um, That's so brilliant. I've never thought anybody of wants, <laughs> Anybody wants to Wait, come by. You know too. what? Which is surprising because you're the young person. I know. You should have been the person that thought of that, not the old guy. It's the old guy, man. It's the old guy. So, I want, I want one of those t-shirts. Really I want one of those t-shirts. No, but you're not a student. You can't get this one. No, I want one this of your for Raymond. This uh, is one. Of, this is for Raymond to wear. It says I'm a student. I'll wear it. On the, I'll wear it on I'll the vote. campus. Of, I'll wear it on the campus of FAU. <laughs> it says I'm a I'm a student. A vote for Velez is a vote for me. You know, kids can't actually vote. So right. That's great. That's that's really great. You know, I'll give you guys one of my t-shirts, Jen, for sure. He's okay, doing, I'm happy to represent tomorrow. He's doing what uh, he's doing what uh, they do to me in the office that I work in for for the attorney I work so for. You, they call me John big boss He's trying to it up with yeah. the smoke. <laughs> so when you guys come tomorrow, we'll come on and visit tomorrow. I'm familiar with Hallandale. That's in the district. Come, come check it out. I want you to see something that's not really too true in this in this day. So. Can you see the back of my sign here on the bus? What does that say? Accountability, integrity, and safety are the heart of my campaign. Well, wow. accountability, man. That is that's, like almost unheard of. Something non-existent, you know. And and, and, that's um, so, and I can say that's so true for Rod because there was this whole thing at the beginning of his campaign, which I will know towards the middle, towards the summer months that I found absolutely disgusting. Uh, people were trying to discredit him for an incident that happened in his past. And like most candidates, they'd wait until it came up as an issue of the campaign. Rod was transparent with all of his endorsers. He was transparent with voters. He was transparent with the media from the very beginning. And that is such an admirable trait. And I applaud my friend for that. You, you were see, so you see what that <laughs> see what honesty gets you? You see what honesty gets you? I don't wait a minute. I'm sorry, Raymond. I don't, I don't mean to like I don't mean to like brag, Raymond, but this is yeah. just I'm showing for John. No, good. Sun Sentinel. No, it's good. So there's you see the BTU apple there? Yes. So you know what that means is my opponent is actually a BTU member paying her dues. And wow. it's kind of funny. It's kind of funny that you <laughs> wow. know the actual president of the BTU endorsed me and I'm a parent and he would not endorse, she would not endorse one of her own teachers. That, I mean, that goes a long way, you know, right. so, that has a lot of political ramifications that we're going to have to open at some point, but 
Yeah, the I wish BTU, you both would have that, and you should have. Yes, you but, should, you Raymond. Know. You should have the BTU endorsement. Well, it's very frustrating. Some people there think I'm a puppy, and that politics is going to consume me faster than I can consume it, and thus I should not have the endorsement. But rather, someone recommend for removal who a grand jury proved 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 um, is failing our district. Uh, deserves to be an endorsed more so than a student. So that's wow. the, that's the way the cookie crumbles in Broward, and that's why bit by bit and race by race, we are going to change the culture here. Well, you're both changing it for the better. No two ways about it. You're both excellent candidates, and as we have often stressed, and has been the case ever since Jen ran for Congress, there is not enough emphasis, especially on the non-corporate left of these down-ballot races that are so vital to the success. You know, for example, if those who are, let's say, politically inclined and are hoping that there is a chance, however small it may be, to actually unseat DeSantis in in November, then you need to have strong down-ballot candidates that can get the vote out, not just somebody who is going to be on the ballot and say, you know, put the, you know, check the box after that name. There has to be something more substantial substantial to do that. Especially given what they put at the top of the ballot. Correct. And so as, as a result, we have more than emphasized, not that there are these races that are important as well. You have Congress, Senate, Governor, and all that. But to me, if you're really trying to build for the future, it starts with the school board. It starts with city council. It starts with the county commission. This yeah. is where it happens. This state is where attorney. it needs to happen, state attorney. Uh, you guys, there's not enough superlatives that I can use to describe. Thank you guys for doing time. this. Yeah. Seriously. I mean, for coming on our show, but for running. Like, seriously, yeah. thank you for running. It's very trying. And I can <laughs> imagine that the it, there is win or lose tomorrow. There's going to be a certain sense of relief when it's over, as it was for us, as I can remember. Um, because this does take a lot of blood, sweat and tears in order to go through this. But you are moving the needle in the right direction. Regardless. Yeah, for sure. Final thoughts from both of you, gentlemen. Rod, you can go first. Well, yeah, because you take up too much time, so I'll do mine real quick. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you've got more you've got more ground to cover, so I'll give you that much. Um, No, I I just want to say. I'm appreciative of all the support that I've been getting um, ever since I started my race. Um, there's a lot of support that I lost um, and only because people got their kids back to school, but that's okay. I'm still in this. Um, I'm going to see it through. And I just want everybody to know that tomorrow at nine, nine thirty, when they start checking in, you know, I want to thank them all for the support and for me taking this thing in the primary I need 50% plus one. I can finish this tomorrow. You know, unfortunately, there's a probably good chance that Ray is going to be in a runoff, but I am in a pretty good situation. Um, I feel I ran my campaign well enough and I have a lot of support and I have a chance to win tomorrow. So if you can encourage everybody to come out tomorrow and let's beat that 14% that's normally done in August, um, you know, it's it's pretty sad. We have we have to do a better job. You know, it's horrible that people just don't use their their vote for their voice. And, you know, but they'll they'll complain when somebody gets in and, um, you know, in November because they didn't vote. So anyway, just uh, vote for Velez. Go to www.votevelez. I see it right there on the bottom. 
Um, I appreciate you guys. Keep fighting the good fight. And Ray, best of luck to you tomorrow, my friends. Um, I know you got a battle on your hands. I'm going to actually um, turn off the camera now because I'm I'm driving while no, go you know, ahead. videoing. So. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate on. you. Thank you. Appreciate you, brother. Thanks, brother. Yep. See you tomorrow. Yep. Yeah, guys, if you live in District 1, I mean, seriously, it's the, there's no better option. I mean, it's like he's just the real deal and he's somebody that's been putting in the work. And I appreciate that. And then for me, it's also kind of like any friend of Moe's is a friend of mine. And that's just he's just in that category now. Wow. I know like that. That's not necessarily a thing, but it is kind of a thing. That works, you know, like like in. Like, you know, Goodfellas are like, is it a, he's a friend of yours or is he a friend of the family? Like, you know, like there's specific things, but I don't know, just anybody who Mo thinks is, is the deal is the deal. RaymondTakesNotes.com. Fire away, Mr. Outlarge Seat Runner. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you. And it's certainly a pleasure to be on here tonight um, and to be on with Rod, who's a phenomenal candidate and a great friend, like I said in the beginning. But I can't stress enough the importance of this race. This race has become increasingly important for, for three reasons. It's increasingly important because, number one, we have two candidates in this race who are buying this election and playing the classic Florida politics game of pay to play the game here in South Florida. We have a candidate who certainly is going to be removed by the governor uh, if elected and appoints the governor will have the opportunity to appoint someone on our school board that's beliefs does not align with our own. And number three, it's because I'm the only candidate in this race that has the firsthand experience, who listens, who did not go to school 40 years ago, uh, who does not lie about their uh, service record in the United States Navy, which, by the way, there are so many fine men and women who fought in our United States Navy, and they deserve the real credit for that. But lastly, what I will say is this. We need someone who's actually going to push the needle on the issues of mental health access in our district, quality infrastructure so we can stop uh, so we can stop. Uh, private and charter schools from ripping students out at an alarming rate. We're going to make sure that we increase vocational and trade programs in this district so that students are both college and career ready. And we're going to make sure that teachers are paid more and not a temporary or one-time stipend or bonus. Permanent, uh, you know, permanent change of their salary in a long-term fashion. Inflation was adjusted 29% for teacher's salary. That's still not enough. My mom's a teacher, I know what it's like to live there. And I'll close with this. There are so many people everywhere in this district that have become so supportive of this campaign. And what I will say is, although I'm in a competitive race, history is going to prevail either tomorrow or in November. And we're looking forward to that. You have my vote. Thank you. Oh, Raymond, Raymond. People, if you're wondering, this is the product of a Fort Lauderdale high education. And so, I no, seriously, I the, um, there is something in the water at that school. So I'm just saying, um, yes, you, you know, you know. Yeah. All right. So thank you so much for coming on. I'm sure we'll run into you tomorrow. Definitely text us where you want us in the afternoon and we'll 
We'll do our best. Both of you gentlemen have done a phenomenal job. And like I said, we need more of this, uh, this, this from the bottom up type approach, because that is how, if you want a green economy, if you want a solid education system, if you want a sustainable future, this is where it's going to happen. You need to stop voting for corporate whores. That too. Okay. That too. Because that's really what it all comes down to. And I, and I just call it when I see it. You certainly call it when you see it for sure. <laughs> Raymond Adderley, Rod Velez, thank, thank you so you much. Best of luck. We will see you tomorrow. Yeah, I find it incredibly disturbing that the Broward Teachers Union has endorsed the person that is likely to be removed because they were and it's one, indicted. And, it's, and look, it's one thing if you endorsed, and this goes, Anna, if, if you somehow catch our podcast, it's one thing if you endorsed Donna Korn, you know, like eight, nine months ago. Okay, so be it. But the idea that you're still sending text messages out endorsing an, a, a under federal investigation candidate who is almost assuringly going to be taken out, that reeks of like hierarchy politics that has nothing to do with the interests of the teachers. Well, no, no, no. I find that. And you know what? I think that they also tend to blame it. Like, I, I do feel like union management, union leadership just blames it and writes off Florida. Well, we're a right to work state. So we're just there's nothing we can do. You know what, though? Here's the thing about that. OK, if you wait for permission from your oppressor to strike, you'll never strike. Yeah. So the concept of a right to work state to me is kind of ridiculous because a strike, the whole concept of a strike is that we've had it, we're done, and we're not following your rules anymore. And so the idea that you're waiting for permission to strike just always kind of seemed weird to me. But Broward teachers, let me assure you, your union is absolutely not looking out for you to the best of their ability. They're just not. Not with this endorsement. This endorsement. And, and quite honestly, the fact that the best you guys are getting out of the referendum, the best you're getting is a nice little bonus is pathetic. I met a member of your Broward Teachers Union the other day. This is a woman who has stage two cancer and is not able to get treatment based on it's not severe enough. And that's the best that their union was able to negotiate for them in what the firefighters call collective begging. And this is a problem. This is a real problem. And I just think that people are putting faith in a union that's just not doing crap for them. Well, it's very frustrating. And, I, and you get endorsement for someone under FBI investigation and we're supposed to think that that's a credible union. Give me a break. Well, unfortunately, the teachers union would not even grant Jen a screening. Um, this came all the way from Randy Weingarten. She responded personally, saying that she um, is friends with Debbie. And that is that. That's how, that's the, not, that's how the union makes it. That's not that's not that's not democratic at all. I'm sorry. Well, forget that. It's not even in the best union of the rank and file. No, <laughs> like, don't be ridiculous. Actually, when my cousin found out. Because most people that are teachers in the union don't necessarily follow politics. They don't really necessarily pay attention. Yeah. When my cousin, who's a member of the union, found out that they don't even offer screenings because they just don't want to. And she's sitting there thinking, OK, so I pay dues to a union and they don't even offer a screening to a potentially better candidate. She found that infuriating, actually. And I do think and she's not alone. And the women we spoke to the other day also find it very frustrating. Yeah. So I think that there is unrest in that union. And I think that those people need to maybe find better representation in their leadership. Well, they might. Just a suggestion. Um, but again, uh, nothing changes until it changes. Yeah. You know, a lot of times people are not willing to step up and demand better. And it isn't necessarily a question of whether the leadership is, you know, 
you know, most think it's just, well, let's just change the leadership. Not necessarily because the new person who gets brought in might just do the same thing. Yeah. What is most important is that either the rank and file have a say or they don't. And in the case of the Broward Teachers Union, from what I've seen over the past five years, they don't have a say. No, not at all. And that's not good. They have no say. It's a matter of Debbie calls up Anna and says, hey, ready for to endorse me? And she goes, yeah. And then she endorses her. And that's that. Yeah. That's how it works. That's the democratic process of the Broward Teachers Union. But I think, if anything, if what you've done and what others are doing, and that is more and more people who are getting into the political process, albeit there's a lot of apathy about voting and people don't really want to be involved. But the more people that run, the more people that are running on the right issues, the more you're going to see the needle move in the right direction mm -hmm. because more people will be touched by it and they'll see that there's, you know, perhaps even a slate. Here's the thing that I know. I know this to be true. So like to, for people that are leadership in the Broward Teachers Union, every election that goes by, every day that goes by, every additional teacher that's a member of your union that I meet will make it more and more increasingly hard to pretend that we don't exist. That's what I know. Yeah. I mean, it's it's going to be more and more difficult to do that when I befriend people. And this isn't even a question of whether or not somebody like Jen runs for office no. again. This has to do with just living in the area I'll and making people. it so that there are people who will run that are going to make a difference. Or if we have to live here, might as well make it livable because for so many it isn't. And the idea that Jen and her friend Mo had to basically work together basically is sort of the private sector, if you will, to figure out how to bring a community garden to a freaking school. This is something that the Broward Teachers Union should care about. Like this is an issue that if anything is going to help increase the value of the school, it's gonna be more desirable for their kids to be sent there. Hence it is going to be more sought after and teachers pay will be higher. But again, this is basic economics and this isn't something that apparently the teachers are too fond of. If they were, then Florida wouldn't be 48th in the nation in teacher salary. Which is really bad. Right. That, if that isn't bad. a sign to you BTU members that your union is not fighting for you, I don't know what is. If you're, losing, if you're losing to a state like Alabama in teacher salaries, that's bad. No, no, no. It isn't even that. Broward is lower than Dade and Palm Beach. Broward, sure. that's what they were just saying. Okay, you say, sure. Like, that's no big deal. So basically, the Broward Teachers Union is more ineffective than both Miami-Dade and West and, and Palm Beach. And Broward is the bluest of the tri-county area. And that's where the and let me tell you, the nepotism is very deep. It's deep in every corner. <laughs> it is bad. It's really bad. But so I would I would argue again, like I say about people in our Congress, if your leadership, your representatives were doing a really good job, then things would probably be a lot better right now. So yeah. Broward teachers, if your union was really doing a good job for you, you'd be in a better position right now. Well, and let's also <laughs> let, let's be honest, like there's also. You know, the, the other issue here, as we have talked about, part of the reason they've been able to get away with this is because we have exceptionally low voter turnout, which means that most people just don't care or they're not involved. They don't think that their vote matters. And I think most people are just struggling to live. I think that's true, too. But that's not everything. No, I think there are. I mean, I know somebody who's, you know, is more than capable of voting and is not going to vote. Well, they don't think it matters because in a lot of cases for a lot of people, it kind of doesn't. 
What is so inspiring about Raymond's running in particular yeah. is the fact that he is only a year removed from high school. There's probably tons and tons he, of people his own age. He just graduated. Yeah, that are really inspired by what he's doing. Yeah. And regardless of whether he wins or loses, he's in it for the long haul. And he will uh, be yeah. making very smart decisions. I don't want to take anything away from anybody else, but Raymond is a shining star. He, he is really got, reminds really got me something. of like a young Sidney Poitier, like especially when I say like, to serve with love, I could kind of see it like, and he's just very commanding and he's very motivated and very going places. Yeah. And again, it's not a matter of, you know, there's a lot of, I mean, again, there are issues that motivate people to get out and vote, whatever those reasons may be. We know that in the new Florida's 23rd congressional district, Parkland will take uh, a huge center stage regarding uh, gun reform, which is what the next representative will most likely be making as sort of a centerpiece, especially when it comes to schools. And that is important. But let me tell you, it's not the only thing that matters. There are a lot of things that are out there that really do matter that have not been addressed for a long time. Not to very wealthy, comfortable people in Parkland. Now, I think the ideas that Raymond was putting out there were exceptionally well-informed and really understand the nature of what needs to be done. Something as simple as having a fleet of non-carbon, um, or well, I shouldn't even say carbon emission, because, you know, electric cars still emit carbon. They do. Um, the battery... Uh, and you're still plugging matter. into the grid, wherever the grid is. But anyone who wants to compare the amount of carbon footprint that an internal combustion engine car has compared to a, you know, a, a battery-operated car, there is no comparison. Yes, they both have a carbon footprint, but remember, the goal is to get to carbon neutral. We are so far removed from that. That is where we need to be. We will not get there if we do not make dramatic change. And it seems to me that the ones who want to make dramatic change are ones who are young, or ones who are millennial, even you know, or Gen Z. Um, don't want to discount Gen X, but there really is something to I'm be just said. Just Gen. Just Gen. I should have asked you. Does that bother you, by the way? The cannabis. No. Okay. Highly unlikely. Well, I Ben's, Ben's cool. I, it, I wasn't suggesting he wasn't cool, but some people might not like ben, that. Are you and cool? That's okay. cool. Go. Okay. Well, that's fine. But I just generally ask people that are in an enclosed space with me before I also friends of the show. Guy Guyverson wants to know who does Jen support for Florida's thirty second. Uh, I don't state even know Senate. what that. It, are you what, living in state Senate? I don't. Uh, okay, so is that is that the Lauren book, Barbara Sharif? I don't. I'm not sure what the numbers are, Guy. I'm not sure. Am I, I think in 32? 30, no, I think that's 35, I want to say. Guy, okay. who, who, who we got, Guy? Tell, yeah, tell, us. tell me who we got. Because that doesn't not, sound familiar. I don't know, I and, but the numbers are all different now. And now I'm in... Why does this always happen? Because you do that. I'm in 102 for um, for Statehouse, but I, I'm trying to remember what... I don't know what my new Senate seat is. Well, anyway, I can tell you that um, in terms of what is most likely going to happen tomorrow. And we are very likely going to do a special uh, notice, but yeah, it is. Uh, okay. So okay. here's, here's my official stance. I'm not, in the, I'm not in the district. Okay. My official stance on the Lauren Burke, Barbara Sharif race. Okay. I don't particularly care either way. I really don't like to me, it's not like a personal preference. But, and I will tell you that I did, in fact, vote for Barbara. And here's why. This is why. Because I happen to know that the party has been purposefully shutting her out and promoting Lauren as if Barbara's not even running and basically eschewing the whole concept of a primary. And as anybody knows, I loathe that. So I actually did vote for Barbara. 
because as a matter of principle that I completely dislike the Democratic Party putting their thumb on a race in a primary and it just pisses me off. So there, that's what I did. But as far as like uh, philosophically or whatever, you're Sexual one half of those Yeah, and here's why. You're voting on a Democrat to go to Tallahassee, okay? You're only having somebody play defense. There's nothing else they're going to get done there. So quite honestly, the less corrupt, the better. Um, I don't know Lauren personally. I don't really have a grievance with Lauren. I've met her. She's, she's nice. Okay. Yeah. I don't love that she, the nepotism and the, the daddy's money that surrounds her so much, like that kind of bothers me. But really, ultimately, when the Democrats shut out Barbara Sharif, that just pissed me off. Yeah, that's not, that was totally unacceptable. So, and so, again, yeah. the bigger reason, and there's many reasons why one would have an issue with them protecting Lauren Book being an incumbent. But let's remember, Barbara Sharif was a county commissioner like five minutes ago. And again, I don't care if she's an unknown person. She qualified. She's True. on the ballot and she's running as a Democrat. And I do not like the party not supporting fair primaries. And again, I just don't do like not that. See, you do not see this in the GOP. As a matter of fact, one of the very interesting races that is coming up tomorrow is I believe Florida's, I want to say 15th congressional district or somewhere up uh, by Lakeland. Um, that's where Mr. Looney Tune Anthony Sabatini oh. is running to hopefully turn Route 27 into the Donald Trump Highway. It's this really going to be mean. great. And you know what? That actually would be somewhat appropriate because do you know what the nickname is for 27 from growing up in South Florida forever? It's probably like Dixie something. No, no. Bloody 27. Bloody 27. It's called Bloody 27. And it always was growing up down here. It used to be one lane each way. It was the main trucking route through the center of the state. And there was, needless to say, a lot of death and carnage on that route. Um, and, some and intentional, poor, some not. Maybe. Well, I think just I'm in general, saying. very poor lighting. You're basically out driving up a single lane in the Everglades and truckers drive at night, whatever. It was just, it was called Bloody 27. So the fact that that would be named for, for Donald Trump is somewhat kind of poetic, but. But interestingly enough, that is a very competitive primary. And the gentleman, I believe Corey, um, I think it's Corey Mills or something is the one running. He's actually up by three points in the latest poll. And Sabatini is is not in first place. You would think he would be, but you know what? That's the beauty. This is in a Republican of, primary. Regardless of what you think of the GOP, the GOP allows for fair primaries. They have one rule. In the general election, you vote against the Democrat Period. End of discussion. But here it's just I, I find it really frustrating. I find it extremely frustrating that the Democratic Party and it isn't just here. It's all over the country. It is. We have examples of this everywhere. I mean, the, the amount of internal suppression and ghosting that Democrats get from the Democratic Party is outrageous. Think of something as simple as this. Think of something as simple as not even conducting what not one debate nothing. happened between Barbara and Lauren. Not, not, even, not even a panel discussion. Nothing. And not only that, but they purposefully, and now granted, Lauren is the sitting senator, so for her to come and talk at a club meeting makes sense. However, during campaign season, I believe that if somebody, whether they're a sitting representative or not, is running as a candidate and they're invited to something, I personally believe that to be completely above board, you should put the, inf the in invitation out to the people that are running in that race as well. That's just my opinion. So even though she was there as a sitting senator, let's be real. It's campaign season. And that's why they were having her. And that was them basically endorsing her. 
read between the lines. If you're going to do anything to try to mitigate the problems when it comes to voter suppression, then let's face it, I was saying this at, at a, listen, we're both mutual friends of Sheila Sherfulis McCormick, who is the congressional representative in Florida's 20th district. We are hoping against all hope that she holds her seat tomorrow. Guys, and, seriously. And, you know, seriously. I voted for her. I so. don't get to, but it's district related. But seriously, guys, we need Sheila to keep her seat. And so Seriously. one of the things that I mentioned when we were at the event the other day, luckily, as Jen always likes to point out, it was indoors. Uh, it gets really, really hot here and humid in Florida in, in, at this time of year. Yeah. And so that is a form of voter suppression. Most people do not want to go out and wait online and vote in 95 degree super humidity. Well, and then you get places that make rules where you can't give people water while they're in line. Oh, yeah. Or like pizza. You can't get food or water while you're in line. I mean, not that you're going to see that problem down here because the lines are nowhere near (laughs) what what a. And again, that's the way it should be. We should want people to be out there voting. But when you don't even allow for any type of a legitimate primary where you basically push out one of the two major candidates for the state Senate, do you no. really expect people to be coming out to vote? And no, by the way, every I time I got something that said Lauren Book was going to be there, I forwarded it to Peter and had him tell Barbara about it so that she would be able to be there. Because I, I just don't like that crap. So why would you not want to have a primary? Right. And what that did was it actually lost Lauren my vote. If If, you're if if we're being honest here, it is very unlikely that Ron DeSantis is going to lose. So one of the main reasons, if we're really being honest, that he is very unlikely to lose is because when you don't have competitive primaries, when you are not getting voters excited about the prospect of going to the polls and knowing what these candidates are fighting for and having these down ballot candidates like a Rod Velez or Raymond Adderley that are running, how the hell do you think you're going to wake people up in November and say, oh, yeah, get out to the polls? We're going to have probably like a 10 to 11 percent voter turnout tomorrow. Do you know how pathetic that is? Yeah. Pretty bad. It's bad. It's bad. But and you know what? This is something that the Democratic Party is just having to learn the hard way. It's just unfortunate that we're having to I don't think they're learning anything. on the sidelines. Well, it just keeps happening. But, you know, they keep putting up candidates that can't motivate anybody to go vote, let alone young people like forget it. Like, But I actually am so tired of the whole election process. I actually think that everybody who turns 18 just automatically should be getting a ballot in the mail and that you get your ballot in the mail. And then if you want to go vote, during the voting period, fine, you can if you want to. Um, but yeah, I, th- I just believe in automatic registration, automatic vote by mail. And that, to me, would solve a lot of the, the problems. Yeah. And, all, and that also has to be postage included, which we do have in Florida, but apparently not all states do. Postage should be included. Everybody gets a ballot. Everybody who's 18 is registered to vote. It's not rocket science, people. It's just not that complicated. No, definitely not. And... Like I said, this is when people wonder why things are so bad in this country. It's not that hard to see. I know everyone wants to say that it's the GOP's fault. But again, if you're not paying attention to what's going on at the local level, then you're really not paying attention at all. Because that's where it happens. It's really important. Some are more than others. And we could talk for a moment about the fact that I really do not think that the judiciary should be an elected position. I really don't. I don't think the judiciary, I think the judiciary should be appointments. I don't think it should be elected. I cannot stand that people go in and just pick whatever name or whatever sign they saw for judge. And they have no concept how important judges are in the system. Like this isn't who you vote for as judge 
will impact more people's lives in your community than who you vote for as president. And I don't I don't think people understand this. And regular people, no offense to non non lawyer, judicial people, when you don't know how things work, it's just not good to have them voting on it. It bothers me. So there were a lot of judges this time around and it just always makes me. As much as I know, I didn't have an educated, you know, knowledge of everything. So I asked. Well, that's fine. And for me, when I don't know, I don't vote that category. I don't vote if I'm ignorant on that. Now, I usually will research it. But if I don't know, I don't vote. But the amount of people that just go in and just click a thing. Like, like, and that's the thing about this particular primary is that the biggest uh, or the most seats to vote on are judges. There was like seven judiciary seats to vote on. And I guarantee you that's, that's probably the one thing that most voters don't know about. No. They no, don't understand they that. need to people. We really need to appoint judges. We do the federal. That is one thing that the federal system. The only person, the only person I can confidently say I know is going to win tomorrow is former state senator Gary Farmer, and that's because everyone knows him. So because they, I did it know, until yesterday or two days ago. Well, you didn't I know met him personally. I met Kevin. him, right. but the fact that he has been an elected representative outside of the judiciary. Familiarity breeds confidence for a lot of people. He also has a nice sign. Got to give him up for that. But, He's a nice enough guy. But He's that is not the friendly. only thing that anyone should be paying attention to. And as surely is the case, and as we have learned, there are a ton of people running to be judges oh. that are no different than who you get put on the Supreme Court. People that are completely corporate bought, only they're going to do it here at the local level. They're going to do a lot of terrible things that do not and will not ever help you. I will say, though, despite the current problem with the Supreme Court, that the appointment process in general is better. And you get a better caliber of judges. You do more federal than state. It's completely different animal. It just is. Because in state, whoever has the biggest logo or the biggest sign, so people will go vote for them. It doesn't necessarily matter. Although apparently now on our Supreme Court, you can be a justice without ever having tried a case or without knowing the five freedoms in the First Amendment. I, you know, Amy Coney Island couldn't name the five freedoms in the First Amendment. No surprise. Guy with a very good point. I think that that does make a lot of sense. Um, yeah. yeah. It's true. It's true. And it, but I just think that we get a better you get a better pool and you get more credentialed people. You do. And when it comes to the judiciary, that's what you want. You want very smart, credentialed people. This, they're not representatives. They're Sandra, jurists. Sandra, if you could tune in on YouTube, that would be awesome. And if you haven't subscribed there, that would be super duper awesome. Yeah, it's true. It is like a game of ping pong. And we understand that there are different issues that motivate people. And there's a reason why we're looking for different avenues right now. Well, and it also depends on the laws in your state. Like for us, we're closed primary. So the only way that someone can vote for somebody is a progressive and a democratic race is you have to be registered as a Democrat here. And that is something that has kept the incumbents where they're sitting very comfortably for many years. If independents and Republicans could vote in the Democratic primary, uh, our congresswoman would have been gone so many years ago. Like, it's ridiculous. And I'm sure a lot of people would. But then there's a lot of people who don't necessarily agree with that methodology, which, again, that's fine. I mean, to each their own. Uh, I think Which that, methodology? That having open primaries. There are those who really believe in closed primaries and think that that's good. As well, far as I'm concerned, you should be able to vote however you want, whenever you want, for whomever you want. How about this? I don't really believe in parties. I feel like we're stuck with it. Neither that's does, what we have. Neither does George Washington. He never believed in political And you know parties. who else doesn't? Jesse. Jesse. The, the body. body. Ventura. <laughs>
No, I don't. I don't believe in parties. I, I don't. I think it's ridiculous. I think it has caused way more harm than it's all. It's way more of a net negative. Both parties, just the whole system is such a net negative with parties that I think would be avoided if we didn't have that. And granted, that's because we only have two and our two is really only one because we don't have a labor party. Maybe if we had multiple parties, um, then I might feel differently about parties. <laughs> Something's going to give, because like I said, the one thing that's different now versus what we were at in 2015, 2016, is a lot of people were wet behind the ears. They never had really experienced anything like a Bernie or a Trump before. So it completely changed the dynamic of politics in this country. That or the filth, that the mask that was pulled off of the filth that is the system. Well, something as simple as Speaker Pelosi refusing to bring the insider trading bill to the floor for a vote is a prime example of something that most people now know and are aware of and are looking at it and saying, man, they don't even try to hide their corruption anymore. They just put it right out there in broad daylight and that's that. And so to me, that's a good thing. That is actually really good because when people see the criminal behavior, they don't like it. I don't know. It's almost like we're so desensitized to it at this point. Where's so. Martha Stewart on this? That's what I'd like to know. I'd love to interview Martha about insider trading and how our Congress just thinks it's perfectly acceptable to do so. I wonder what Martha's thoughts on that are. Well, she got her comeuppance and there's I plenty. don't agree with any of that. So I well, think that was ridiculous. Well, there's plenty of others who really need to get it, I should say. Oh, uh, Yeah. But the, it's the people that are like a threat to greater civilization. And Martha Stewart is if not there is, if, if there is a way to get a Jesse Ventura mask, then... The problem is I feel like his voice almost is like too close to his Arnold Schwarzenegger voice. They cross over a little. He's not quite there I'm yet. contemplating if I'm going to run for president That's again or not. That's pretty good. But I am not running with the Greens. They're incompetent. And I <laughs> See, am not running... Then you went into Reagan right there. And I'm not running as a libertarian... But That's I would good. run with the forward party. <laughs> Andrew Yang is a great man. He's got a lot of great ideas. And now that is coming under the scrutiny because of the, his affiliation with like the Republican money backers. And I, I you know, what, is, what does it say? Oh, and if you only knew, if you only knew. When you grow up, don't you? Well, now, yeah. Now he is, but no. you know, I, oh, see, you no. make him sound like the come monster, on. like a monster. No, you, it's like you can't do Arnold with the over-exaggeration. Bring, bring the Republicans and the Democrats together? Nope. Got to do a lot That's of more that. Bernie. It's more Bernie in there. Yeah, yeah you're not, it's not good. We got to work on that. We're going to work on that. And what else were we going to talk about tonight? What else is important that's going on? Can we talk about the firefighter that was fired in Miami for saying, uh, fuck the police? In a private conversation, can we talk about that for a second? Sure, I thought we could close, but yeah, we could close. But I just thought that that I find very frustrating. I don't know if anybody was following, but a Miami firefighter, Kevin Newcomb, um, was in a private chat. Paul, there will always be an excuse not to get something done. I guarantee you, it's probably going to be the reverse of 2018. The Democrats might very well pick up seats in the Senate, but they are going to lose the House, and that is going to mean. Just gridlock. If only we've we got the, 60 votes in the Senate, but we don't have it in the House. But here's the one thing about if we when they lose the House is that 
we would kind of lose Pelosi. Too. Yeah, but then we gain McCarthy. So it's not like we're really that's going true. anywhere. But, I, but she's just, she's a train wreck that has to that's, go. That's not so what I was else. saying is there was a firefighter in Miami that was in a WhatsApp chat with friends, like a personal chat. And obviously somebody who is not loyal or doesn't know the meaning of loyalty screenshot what he said. And what he said was something derogatory about police officers in regards to an officer that was killed saying something along the lines of, yeah, whatever, you know, it, it's fine. We have to cover their ass or da, da, da. And it was definitely a negative police sentiment for sure. However, not only do I not disagree with his sentiment, but I am outraged that he got fired for this and he had apologized. He apologized. So first they made him apologize and he apologized, which I don't think he should have apologized. And then he got fired for just saying something in a chat that should scare people. I'm sorry, but that is very, very big brother and very, very scary, especially when somebody is like a superhero. There's not that many of them. So I just find that frustrating. And if I was a firefighter, I would probably find the entire over the top pomp and circumstance. Every time a law enforcement officer gets killed, I would probably find it really irritating as well. I'm just saying I do find it irritating and I'm not a firefighter. Oh, well, I could certainly do a Mitch McConnell. I have to. I don't really want to. Uh, tell people not to vote, but the less you vote, the more on GOP do well. So, so I, I wanted I wanted to get this guy to come on and talk on our show, but I don't have a connection. So, everybody. maybe we'll figure it out. But with that said, we obviously have work to do tomorrow. We're going to be helping out some candidates at the polls. Maybe go to um, a couple of. Uh, Depends on time you want to get home and do like we want to do a post game. We want to do a post election. We'll probably do something around like nine or something like that for like an hour we might be able to have a special guest who has infiltrated that will infiltrate a certain party tomorrow night come on and just make an appearance at somebody's uh well it'll be a lost party but it's just going to be a watch party jesse (laughs) thank you for the super chat um you know again i I don't know what the motivation is but behind Bernie and the squad and why they don't come on to these I know. shows and build them up. Oh, I, I mean, it's probably just, I mean, again, uh, they do get bad advice. We can start with that. It's because this is why. Okay. Just like for the people that are on the progressive side like us, our first sort of hill to climb is within our own party, right? Like we first have to climb that hill before we could even go against the other party. So it sort of works the same in reverse. It's almost like they're more nervous about what we can do than they are about what the Republicans can do. So it makes infinitely more sense for them to be less threatened by Fox than they are by people like us. We're not threatening. Fox isn't threatening the status quo. That's all controlled opposition. Mm -hmm. We're the ones that if if Bernie came on our show and it gave us credibility, that it gave our movement credibility, they can't have that. And so, yeah, it infinitely makes more sense that they don't mind him going on Fox. And it doesn't look good. It really doesn't look good when... Somebody that we're pretty friendly with, Tim Pool, who I know a lot of people don't like, but you know what? I'm so tired of haters. Go away. Congressman Thomas Massey goes on his show, and yes, Looney Tune herself, Marjorie Taylor Greene, goes on his show. Why is it that they'll go on with him, but non-corporate, supposedly, progressives won't come on shows like this? Not a good book. No, it isn't. And, and it's very, to me, it's very apparent. When we can't get, we have had... Um, we have Rokana, Rokana. We have Marie Newman. We did. Like, we have, 
Right. You know, people will come on. We will, but generally not sitting Congress people. And that's really because of Debbie, I think. If we were just any independent media, it would be hard enough just to get attention. But the fact is, is that they all stay away from me, like with a hundred foot pole. That's what I think. It is what it is. And, you know, we're lucky enough where we do have a decent representative around here. We may get um, we may get another couple of uh, local candidates, which would be great. And yeah, it's a process. That's what that's what it is. But if people want to know why Florida isn't purple anymore and it's redder and redder and why there's really very little hope of unseating the Republicans in charge of this state. It's because our state has no resistance. It's because the Democratic Party of this state really doesn't do anything. It's because it's run by people that are really Republicans and everybody else is either scared of them, works for them, or has just fallen in line. Or just basically trying to get their own whatever they can while they can. But the point is, we have no resistance in Florida. The Democratic Party here, it's it's I honestly don't know what the point of it is. And it just keeps dwindling every day. Yeah, it's That's getting worse and worse. Part. And and they're not going to ever, like, I don't see how they could come back from it without bringing in a whole new type of movement. And maybe they'll never get it. I don't know. Well, we'll see. Uh, we definitely got a lot of work. Um, I won't vote for any of their corporate candidates. Yeah, got a lot of work to do. And by the way, Guy brought up a good point about the fact that uh, police and firefighters really don't like each other. Have you ever been to like a police versus firefighter softball game? Yeah, but that's that's friendly competition. I, if I, I were a firefighter, I would probably find it equally frustrating, and and I would be very resentful, especially when you see things like Uvalde and you see things like George Floyd, and you watch this and you think, okay, well, firefighters, their whole purpose in life is to save people. So when they see stuff like that, it's got to really like get at them. And then they see all of the friggin' ceremony and all of that. Every time there's a fallen officer, like that's the most dangerous job in the whole world. And we should all just like be, you know, drooling at their feet because they're in law enforcement and we well, should respect them for that. And don't firefighters die at a higher clip than police officers? Oh, yeah. They don't and let's, that's not that. even including, and that doesn't even necessarily include like the cancers and stuff. Well, if you really want to know where a lot of this stems from and that resentment, way more dangerous. Just look at what happened on 9 11 and how many more firefighters died than police. Oh, officers. always. Always. And it's interesting because I've been saying since Uvalde that the firefighters would have run in. Well, one of the things that this Kevin Newcomb commented on in his comment was about basically the, the, the cops in Uvalde. And that that's that's like I don't think that's that atypical is what I think. And I think that when you're a firefighter and you run into burning buildings for a living, that it's a little frustrating when law enforcement doesn't do their job. Yeah, it is what it is. But ultimately, uh, we got to start somewhere. We're working here hard here locally. We'll be out at the polls tomorrow. If you guys are. And here's the thing, guy, um, you know what? The Marines mock all of them. Just saying. The few and the proud. And there I, I do, Ura, I do have a certain thing about Marines. Yeah, Jen's uh, <laughs> Jen's got to Jen's got to go on vacation or something. Or no, that she wasn't. Maybe go after the election. <laughs> so, with that said, we will very likely see you guys tomorrow night for a special edition covering the election results in Florida and New York. 
We hope you enjoyed. Spread the word. Hit the like button. Make sure you subscribe. And if you are so inclined, as we all know, as we close, very, very important, as you know, we are a non-corporate channel that really does everything we can to help local races, as well as homeless care packages, beach cleanups. Right. We do service and non-corporate candidates and non-partisan candidates. Like we donated to um, Raymond's campaign a while back. Like we are trying. If you are not currently a patron, please go to patreon.com forward slash generation. $5 a month, $5 a month. Or 10 or Or 25. 25. You could, but I'm just saying for as little as $5 a month. And it really helps. It really helps us. Like I I drive around with homeless care packs in my car and I give them out all the time. I mean, it's just, there are little things that we do, but I think it's, I think it's nice. And I, and I also think that it's sort of like sets a good example. I really want other campaigns to transition their platforms um, as best they can into keeping service going. I think that's the key thing. And if you're so inclined, if generational change or patreon.com forward slash generational change is not your jam, we do have Cash App. We do. And so Cash App is dollar sign gen change. See that? We should have like on the top with the new Twitter handle and the new stuff. We need, guys, sure. we need to do like, We're going to do like a little update. Or we could have it at the bottom banner. That's fine. Could but I just it? think, yeah, we can have a scrolly. But, scrolly. <laughs> you know, a scrolly scroll. But, yeah, you know, it's it's all helpful to us and we appreciate it. Uh, actually, more than anything, I like it when people just say, like, you guys are doing a good job and we really appreciate it. Like, it's really nice. Yeah. I got to say. That would help a lot. It's Well, it's nice. So. Because we get a lot of haters. Oh, we definitely do. But <laughs> that's, uh, that's just to be expected because, again, when you try to bring positive change, there will always be somebody who, again, it's like the crooked cop theory, which is, if you're an honest cop in a crooked department, they're not looking at you like, man, I wish I was honest like him. No, no. how do we get rid of him? Or who do you think you are? You think you're better than us because you don't do it? So that's the way it goes. But we fight on. So we appreciate you all. Oh, look. Look what I got. Oh, okay. Very cool. So we'll see you tomorrow. Night. Thanks for watching. If you want to support our mission to transform politics into service, please like this video, subscribe, follow us on social media, and consider joining our Patreon, where you'll get early access to our interviews as well as other exclusive content. Links are in the description. Peace out.